0: I don't know, Jack, Mike.
1: So the one feed... No, Jack um, Casino. Abe will be like for the music for the intro, and then after that, it'll switch you on, and then your mic will be hot. And then um, we'll probably, the three of us will probably bullshit for a couple minutes, and then I'll introduce you, and then we'll just kind of take it from there. Cheney, you ready
0: to roll? Yeah, we're, we're recording, Mike. Wish you'd stop doing that. What? Mm-hmm. Recording <laughs> At least give us a heads up when you're doing, like, pre-show banter.
1: This is where all his editing skills come in. (laughs)
0: People like the pre-show banter. I've gotten a lot of compliments on the pre-show banter. All right. Now it's banter with music. Well, now we could could really load up some good pre-show banter.
2: I feel like we could move some of the real quality content from our actual show. We can
0: start moving product.
2: (laughs) All right. Welcome back to uh, Cutting Weight Cabin. I'm your host, Mike Stahl, with Shane McNona, Jim Ayers. We've got a... um, Great host here tonight, um, or guest. guest here tonight. <laughs> God damn, really <I> <laughs> <know. laughs> right, start, start, start over. Really yeah, toon, that's toon what that pre-show banter really does. But uh, yeah, so it's uh, a warm, uh, almost feels like a spring night here in Northeast Ohio, and the cabin is. Uh, I we didn't even have to use the space heaters tonight. It's a, uh, it's, it's damn near comfortable here.
1: The electric bill is going to look a lot better this month for you, Mike. Right? Yeah,
2: it's going to be a little bit lower. Uh we're drinking Hazy Hearted IPA that Jim picked up and uh, brought here on behalf of the Cutting Weight crew and Bells has offered to sponsor us here with a free six pack, right, Jim? Yeah.
1: No? Yeah, I'm just waiting. I or mean, did you pay the full 11.99 for this? No, no, I, I mentioned the podcast and we did uh, we didn't have to pay tax for it because it's made in Michigan, <laughs> so that we yeah. saved a little bit.
2: I mean, baby steps. I've uh, I've I've celebrated the entire Bell's uh, Two Hearted, all the Hearted IPAs, and you know, I, I'm assuming you grabbed this in honor of Valentine's Day. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> good, good. Well, tell us. Well, about... Well,
1: I, I gave it to Vanessa, and she doesn't drink beer, so I'm like, well, <laughs> just I'll go ahead and use it for the podcast. Okay, key. Well, I guess I'll I'll drink all these.
2: And uh, yeah, I, I we speaking of like drinking out for someone else's benefit which I often like to do. Uh, Like um, I got to celebrate uh, my brother-in-law's wedding as Nate Salmoné married his uh, beautiful bride, Chloe, here this weekend in Columbus. And he pulled up in his Jeep, which he hadn't washed in probably five or six months. But they did the token, like, you know, load up the bride and groom, and then they they drove off. And that was all just completely... um, for show because the reception was right next door but anyway they pulled nate's jeep up and they didn't have like uh i was like hey you know i'll go get a 12 pack and chug like 12 beers if you need me to and i'll tie them together and we'll we'll drive off and you were willing to
1: make that sacrifice to your brother-in-law yeah again
2: you know i wish there was more work like that where i could (laughs)
1: right and then and and then if it actually paid we need a
2: hardcore beer drinker stat. (laughs) you get anybody know angie's list (laughs) Angie's list. Mike Stahl, top of the list. He drinks beer for fun
1: and and you, for you. I can imagine there'd be a lot of applicants for that <laughs> job. Yeah, especially here.
2: And they, from time to time, I'll do op- opioids
1: <laughs> if anybody needs
2: me to do those for charity.
1: Well, at least you're open-minded to what you'll do for. The <laughs> All life right. Of so other. the the hazy-hearted IPA. Do we have any um, any um, literature on it or? Um no but obviously they're two-hearted um original beer it's you know one of the top staples and ipas especially in the midwest they had come out with uh what was it like a the other one that was like a light beer hearted?
0: yeah yeah that was it which
1: was good for like a session ipa and this uh just hit the market two weeks ago the hazies are super popular um they found a way to make two-hearted a hazy hearted uh, i think it's pretty good pretty easy drinking uh we've had bells beers on before um and i think this is just another you know good rendition of what they do in kalamazoo
2: yeah add another hazy ipa to the to the list but it's another it's another home run in my book Yeah, it's good wow <laughs> they don't call him the best color man in the business for nothing money <laughs> all right thank all right. you shane all right awesome well I, yeah i guess we'll get right to our uh right to our our guest here um Jim, you want to kind of introduce Abe and, and what he's bringing to the table here tonight?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that he'll tell us about what he's bringing to the table, too, a little bit. But, uh, well, he no, brought poutine and
0: a pretzel. He did, he did bring <laughs>
1: poutine and uh, pretzel with a couple dipping cheeses and sauces, which is always welcomed in the cabin. <laughs> um, no, I had met Abe a couple years ago through my wife, actually. She grew up with him. Um, her, Abe's father was a very well-renowned tennis coach in from geneva ohio which is you know northeast corner of the state and he coached vanessa when she grew up you know playing youth tennis and abe obviously played tennis and that's how they kind of met and i met abe a couple years ago i think the first time i think i met you abe we were actually out visiting some family in california we ended up having breakfast with you at a little diner in santa monica one morning and we got to chit chat for a couple hours which was awesome and do you i don't know if you remember that or not but we happen to look around and like my son's name's howie and midway through breakfast we turn around and abe's like i think that's howie mandel he was literally like sitting right behind us (laughs) having breakfast and uh i was gonna say something you know just like hey you know mr mandel my son's whatever but then i don't know maybe abe you told me that like he's kind of a germaphobe like he he might not like to be (laughs) approached by people like
2: like Shaves every hair follicle off his yeah. body. Yeah. So, so I did not. I
1: didn't say anything. But uh, yeah. So our Gabe today is Abe Bradshaw. Um, grew up with my wife, and he's, you know, he he went to the Naval Academy. He spent time there. He spent time in New York. He's spent time in L.A. Now he's back in Ohio, which is fortunate for us because we get to have him on the program. He's done a lot of different things, and uh, we're glad to have you here today,
3: Abe. Thank you. It's good to be here.
2: I, I I think of Abe as I met him at the rock off for the first time, and it was like he's got to be like the most interesting man in the room, kind of like a Dos Equis, like a commercial where you've been um got to re- as I was introducing you, you gave me your card, told me a little bit about yourself. We connected initially because you were in the Navy, went to the Naval Academy. I was in the Army for um, for a while, and then. Um, But then I also discovered that you've been in music, entertainment, movies, and a number of other things. And, um, you know, for a couple of kids from Northeast Ohio, that's while we tend to think of ourselves as like we've got good taste in music and we are music lovers and, and everything else in cinema. But we don't often get to meet somebody that's in that actual industry and has lived in L.A. or in new york and kind of swam amongst those fishes and i was just reading through the uh, you know the, the biography of like a, the, the folks that you've managed and um um i don't know who uh robert plant is have you guys heard of um he's like plant. in a
1: horticulture he's maybe? the
2: singer for greta van fleet right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> okay uh, i thought so and then um there was another guy that you um ron ron madden i think that's john madden's kid or was it, oh no I that's don't. iron maiden <laughs> oh. Oh, okay yeah you've managed them as well and then um uh some and like you've done um music for television and everything I, I guess i'll just stop there i mean how how do you get how do you get into something like that and then sustain it and then be so successful like those are <laughs> those are like not beyond platinum like diamond um uh, producing artists. And stuff. I mean,
1: it's not like Michael Stanley Band here. We're talking. <laughs> no, <laughs> which anybody will tell you is the best music ever made in this
2: this part of the world. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. Like, how, how did you kind of break into that? And like, what you know how 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 can I break into that? I guess is the question. I mean, I've got a I've got an Epiphone guitar over there that uh, still waiting to be played masterfully.
3: <laughs> well, it, I mean. To say that I was, like, the manager of those those bands is a little bit of an exaggeration. I work for the companies that manage them, you know? So I got to know all those famous people, but most of my work has been with struggling independent musicians. Yeah, know, for sure. sure. Um, very much, like, blue-collar working class <laughs> yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of the uh, music business. But I, you know, when I went to... The naval academy and as you know you have to like serve five years to pay it back and i mm-hmm. um, happy to it was before september 11th i'm an older gentleman and so i said hey you know i'm happy to do that but i was the first place i was
0: stationed was athens georgia mm-hmm. which <laughs> turned
3: <laughs> which turned out to
0: be the na- this is the Navy? In the Navy. I know, I've been to Athens. I don't recall a lot of, A lot of water. <laughs> There's a lot of
3: alcohol. Like, <laughs> the entire UGA campus is just filled with but also, mermaids. Is, is and, that the home of
2: uh, <laughs> R.E.M.? Was yes. from Athens? Yeah, Yeah. yeah okay. so
3: R.E.M., B-52s are the big ones in oh, gosh. But also when I was there, it was like this really special moment in time where music nerds were like flocking there because of this elephant six collective is what they were called and all these like really cool bands called neutral milk hotel The tremor control all these like really obscure bands to most people were just like making this incredible music and i got to sit there and watch you know right. um as a guy from geneva who went to the naval academy and now i'm sitting with these musical geniuses and i said the day i get out of the navy i move into new york city and i'm going to find a job in the music business one way or another so when i got out of the navy i said i'm going to move to new york city to my girlfriend from geneva (laughs) and she says why i said because i want to get in the music business and she says you'll never get in the music business I said, yeah, well, <laughs> so I moved there. I crashed on my friend's couch, applied, 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 applied. No, 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 no. Finally, after over a year of getting turned down, cause you have to know someone, I didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. Also it was before September 11th. So like there wasn't the, Oh, let's help our veterans. Like. Yeah, like back then yeah. it's like you were in the military. Why? Yeah, why, why would you do something like <laughs> Are that? Are you did you could you not get into a real school? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, were you did you have to go to prison? And you decided to go to <laughs> yeah, <military>? no, <laughs> I went mean, to the naval academy instead. Yeah, and it was like not the same way. I mean, I'm so grateful with how America has been with the veterans and military since um, September 11th. But before then, it was kind of like, oh, okay great especially in the music (laughs) business so i finally got in because the woman who hired me her brother went to west point so she knew she knew what the night look at me was and she says yeah we'll give you a shot and from then on it was just like what'd you start out doing Uh, i worked for rca records and in times square so immediately it was just kind of like yay (laughs) you know yeah right great job right away and then um got full-time job within six months because if if you, like, can prove yourself if you get your foot in the door, it's pretty easy to, like, stay in there. Yeah. But it's just the hard part is getting in.
1: As long as you're doing what you're supposed to do and show up and do good work, like, you're going to continue to probably succeed.
3: Right. So it's really, like, if you are tough enough to, like, get through the process of getting no, 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 no. Right. If you get your foot in the door, you can really, like, anyone who – With half a brain can can stay because they are excited to have people who are actually passionate about music, which I was, which is why I was there.
1: Now, has like music been something that you had always been passionate about even since you were a young kid and like growing up um, that played a huge role in your life and were always searching for different bands that, you know, kind of maybe. I mean, have you always been kind of drawn to like maybe the more obscure kind of music than maybe the mainstream stuff? Absolutely. I mean, like. From
3: as, old, as young as I can remember, I was, I've been a music junkie. And my dad was the reason why, because his, his dad was a music junkie. So it was just like he passed it on to my dad, my dad passed it on to me. My dad was really well known, as you said, for being a tennis coach. And he was a legend in Ohio. For for a time there, he was the most winning coach in, in tennis in history in Ohio and in our little farm town in Geneva, which is not where you expect to have a tennis dynasty <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is usually like known as like a rich person sport, Sure. he would go and take them to all the rich schools and just demolish them and they'd call us the farmers and like, oh, the farmers are coming again you know <laughs> farmers going to come kick our ass <laughs> yeah, again Exactly. It. and uh, he took all these like kids who you know in geneva you 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 work in geneva and you stay in geneva but he made so many kids like have a career outside of geneva teaching tennis in all these like resorts
1: and or probably even just kids that maybe got opportunities to go to colleges that maybe they would not have had the opportunity because they were good at tennis and they get a scholarship or something and they move out you know out of geneva Exactly. I mean, that was step one. He made
3: the impossible thought of going to college a, a reality for so many people that it would not have been a reality for. You know, got them scholarships. and So, like, I was kind of embarrassed that I didn't want to be a tennis instructor. You know, but...
2: Did you play tennis growing up with yeah. your dad and everything else? Yeah. I mean, that's the
3: only way I got into the Navy, is because I was going to play Division One tennis. For yeah, them. right. Um, like... As far as my grades alone, I wouldn't have gotten accepted, but um, <laughs> but I was pretty good. You know, me and my friend Josh, we got fourth place in state when when we were juniors. So I was already like, oh, you know, like he's going to be a Division One player. So my brother went to Clemson, so um, we were pretty good. But um, but I didn't want to play tennis. You know, yeah. I, I wanted to be in music, and and my dad being such a fan. I didn't feel like I was a total failure because, yeah, I'm not playing tennis, but I'm doing your other
1: passion. <laughs> right. And, what what uh, kind of music did your dad like to listen to?
3: Um, he like, I've never seen it before or since, but anytime any classical song was playing, he could within less than thirty seconds he could say exactly who it was, who the orchestra was. It was incredible.
0: I know the feeling yeah <laughs> shane does that with female country singers
3: <laughs> which is like a tough thing to do but especially because like i never saw him actively listening to music since he was a kid you know so, right like all this was knowledge that he had when he was young but it wasn't like he like refined it you know right so somewhere in there i have this like brain that just like is insatiable about music and i still have it i've been working in music since for 25 years and i'm still i'm more excited now about music than i was back then like i just can't hear enough i wish there were more hours in the day because every day i find something new it's great
2: what a great job to have like i've always like one of my I, i i love the like the idea of like finding a band and then introducing it to my friends like in high school i always liked to to be the one on the cutting edge of like hey have you heard about this band and like no one else is you know in lima ohio that or very rarely did you hear something like i would off say like i've been, but... i've
1: been to lima and i've been in geneva i would say they're like they're similar, very towns, similar. And, you know just in <laughs> right. that sense right, not but... nothing disparaging i'm just saying like they're similar yeah, towns sure
2: sure but yeah i i just always that i share that passion at least but I don't uh it's interesting just to hear you talk about you know, your passion for music and and not being able to hear enough of it I, i've always loved music um my entire life but like have never even pondered the a, a you know profession you know pursuing that as a profession but i mean kudos to you for for actually breaking into that and doing it um like what um did you get into playing music uh did you play instruments you just enjoyed listening to it you know when it
3: when it hits you like that's
2: good or that's bad
3: yeah um i was lucky early on um like throughout my life i tried every instrument and i tried singing and i knew that i was terrible at all of it so <laughs> so immediately i knew i wasn't going to be like wanting to get up on stage so i knew i was going to be in the business side and um that's that's a good thing to have cuz it's not like i'm a frustrated musician who you know, is trying to help other people so that I can eventually help myself. It, <laughs> it's like, no. I, um, I know my limitations, but I also knew how to play each instrument enough where I know where someone's really special, you know? Yeah, right. So it's very interesting to hear, like the first thing you said, Mike, was um, that you like showing other people what you like. Right, right. And I think that's like one of the more unique things about me, and why I love music is because my main thing is, like, when I hear something good, I want other people to hear it. Right, and right, right, right. the more obscure, the more I want to tell people. Yeah, you know? that's exactly, yeah. And I always, like, I love a lot of popular music and musicians, but I love way more the bands that I think should be popular, and mm-hmm. I want... More people to hear them. You know? I,
2: yeah, I, I wear it as like a, I, I wear it proudly when I'm listening to something that I know no one else knows about. Right. But but also like, hey, you got you should listen to this.
1: I think you would really like it or whatever. And well, plus when you think like how many bands are out there that are probably great bands, but just never had the opportunity to be, you know, presented to the public on a larger scale, and like we're missing out. You know, yeah, like right. for every band that f- succeeds, there's probably a dozen bands that fail there's yeah. you know that just you'll never hear in your life there's
2: right. got to be a ton of frustration you could probably tell us a, a, a lot about the music industry that probably really frustrates you too in terms of like yeah talent yeah. not being recognized or something like that but i we invited gabe uh, i'm sorry abe my apologies uh we invited abe to the rock off and uh we we shared that and participated and um one of the um you played a A cover of a bc boy song by a uh, artist um or band i think it's two people Mm -hmm. that i actually looked up afterwards matiel am i saying that
3: correctly i don't even know how to say it but there's
2: there's (laughs) there are at least 10 different songs that i listened to i've listened to since and i'm and like that's an artist like wow like i would have never even known about that artist but she has a like beautiful sultry voice plays rock plays um plays folk plays just about everything and covered that beastie boy song beautifully and i was just like that's yeah below the top you know it's just the glass ceiling broken through again
3: and they also cover um straight to hell by the clash on that same like release and i I said wow it's like one band from um atlanta i think they are or nashville one of the two i think it's i think they're from atlanta but man it's weird to hear my voice (laughs) um like if one band can perform two tough songs to cover that well like you got to be good and the funny thing was the like thanks to Spotify and their incredible algorithm that um I had already liked some of their own releases and that's why they recommended the covers to me and I was like wow like yeah. they just went up in cool points you know but, but that that's how it is it's like if you get excited about a band um i'd rather play something that you've never heard before than sweet home alabama for the 40 (laughs) thousand i'm sorry if anyone but i tell you what that always brings it home though doesn't it yeah no but
2: uh but we can all agree jazz is terrible though right (laughs) (laughs) i mean just play the
3: right notes (laughs) yeah, <laughs> no you're, you're gonna disagree with me. Yeah, but I can play some jazz. You're really gonna like. <laughs> I'm
2: gonna blow your <laughs> fucking well, then, mind. Uh, to it's change my mind. I yeah, I I just I like uh, Jim and I have always shared the same like taste in music. And he's a Stones guy. I'm a I was a Beatles guy initially, but um, but I was listening to The Grateful Dead in like fourth grade, and like the parents had to be super freaked out, <laughs> but. <laughs> But uh, I think it was more the mushrooms you were doing in fourth grade that freaked <laughs> him out. So
1: Not so much the yeah. music. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> um,
2: what What is is there? A, um, looking at the the your title as a musical um, musical supervisor or, or what have you, you? I mean, it's everything from uh, Tegan and Sarah <laughs> to uh, Kiss, and it's just kind of like wow. Like, is there a genre of music that you're just like? Eh, I don't think I'm gonna deal with that. But You've also done. Um, uh there was r&b in there as well and a number of artists and uh that's something to have that kind of eclectic taste where you're just like no good music is good music and uh, around here especially with the rock and roll hall of fame in our backyard you kind of say like well I, cindy lopper's in the rock and roll hall of fame or you know i don't even know if she is but but right like but like no i mean i mean rock is rock and you know i i think there's a there's a place in the rock and roll hall of fame for good music of all sorts and um, gosh, didn't uh, wasn't Public Enemy? Didn't they yeah. play? You know, I mean, well, they're like,
1: they're in, yeah,
2: right. So I mean, it's, um, uh, yeah, kind of speak to that about like your um, your your supervision of all of those different bands, but also like um, you know, good is good and rock is rock, and it's all kind of rock,
3: maybe or yeah. Know. I mean, um, like it's hilarious how much I thought I knew about music before I went in the music business. <laughs> And how much I've learned since. Um, And the biggest reason I've learned so much about music is thankfully because of how much the music business has changed. You know, like I, I, I talk to a lot of like college classes, especially for like the film side, because I'm a music supervisor, so I have to pick songs that go into films and TV shows, which sounds way more exciting than it is it's really all paperwork but the thing is is like um you know the big thing that people think about with music is um they read the headlines and they say oh the music business sucks now or oh music isn't good now you know and I've, i hear this stuff on a daily basis like anytime i go out and people hear that i'm in music i get in like one of five conversations. And they always kind of lead the same way. And I get up on my soapbox. And I say certain things. And sometimes people listen. Sometimes they don't. But what I will say is. is one person who entered the music business in the old school way. Had like about a year of it being old school. And then it quickly shifted to Napster. And the whole digital way from from compact discs which totally changed everything around 99 2000 into 2000 all the way probably to 2013 it was like this kind of like what's going on time which was tough but as a person who's a fan number one who's friends with artists number two and also is in the business number three All three areas the business is so much better now Mm -hmm. and especially because of how much as a fan we can dig in and listen to anything we want right here on this phone that's right yeah and you don't have to like lug around crates or books (laughs) And you don't have yeah. to like hook it up. You don't through. have to make sure
1: your batteries don't die like mid <laughs> mid mid walk man.
3: man. Like trying not to like have it skip on <laughs> oh your Oh my gosh.
1: Speak like you that's remind me of like so Mike he's he's already talked about how much he loved music and like he turned me on to a lot of stuff too, but like he shows up in college and after like th- you know, three days get to know him like you look in his back seat, like he would take a compact disc out of his car after you'd done listen to it. It wouldn't be like put it back in the case, close it, put it back in like the little folder. It would just like boop out and like chuck to the back seat. So it got to the point where like there was no like usable discs in his back yeah, seat no. because they were so fucked up. It was like
0: eight inches high of CDs. Like you got in the back seat, your feet were just on it was the like, CDs. Where,
1: yeah, it'd be like where's the <laughs> Where's that Beastie Boy CD? I'm like, I don't know. You're just like digging through piles of CDs. I think I
2: still owe Columbia House a ton of money, actually. Yeah. Columbia, how about that, how about, was that was pon-
1: how about that
3: Ponzi scheme? I don't I mean, know. Somehow it worked out for me, and I think it worked out for Mike because, like, yeah. I felt like I got away with a lot.
1: Well, they'd give you like a dozen tape. I mean, at that point, when I first joined Columbia House, it was like they'd give you twenty cassette tapes or whatever, and it was like a dollar fifty. You paid for the postage, right? But then, like, trying to get out of it. You need know, to call, like, Tim Misney. Like, I need to figure this out. But yeah, that's how he made his made, it, made, it, made, it, made, it, made it his first dollar. Right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was very difficult, you know? Like, if you did happen to hear a song on the radio, and you, like, had to sit and wait to try to hear it again. Oh, yeah. And yeah. You, you were like, waiting there to record it, you know? It's like, all right, I think they're going to play that new Bruce Springsteen song. All right. <laughs> and you're just sitting there, and then another commercial. Like, I remember. And like, then you go to the bathroom you, and you like hear half of it. You're like, no! And you run it, you push it. <laughs> and,
1: and well, then uh, it, they came out with what was the one? Uh, I don't even know if it was an app at that point, but like Shazam, where like you could just put your phone up to a song playing and it would tell you immediately like right. what the name of the song was and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. So this
3: is another thing I talk about. It's like like right now, like back then. Let's go back then because we're all kind of like let's take a walk. Age. Let's take
1: a walk down memory
3: lane. So like if you did hear a song and the DJ didn't announce what it was
2: he's like yeah that was good what And was like, that wow. and, and, right. and it would be out of mind like right. in
3: 30 seconds and you have to be like oh man and so like I'd have to go to some Sam Goody or some Borders Books and Music <laughs> yeah and you have to go to some person making minimum wage who
1: and tell them like like five of the lyrics you right. remember and like what and the fuck you I don't know what it was
3: but it was like you know shake your booty
1: <laughs> they're like uh, I
3: don't know you know and then you're like all right well i might never hear that song again you know yeah. but now like if you hear any song shazam boom yeah and it will let you like go to spotify and listen to it again and again and you can put it in playlists like it's amazing it's like being a gearhead who loves you know old hot rods and every day you can go and drive any hot rod you want right from any year except for like the Five who are still holding out, you know. <laughs> but, but like, your, your parking lot is thousands and thousands of, of cars, and you can just do whatever you
1: want. It's amazing. It's well, like, uh, my question though is like, how how has the digitization, I guess, of music affected the financial aspect of the record companies? Um, I mean, I know like you pay for certain services, but there's a lot of you can get a lot of stuff free. I mean, a lot of stuff. So. How have the record companies been able to continue to get their money out of the system when they're not controlling as much as they used to? And in the in the and the bands too. Like the, you know, the bands aren't selling physical albums or CDs or cassettes, and there's a lot. You know, there's a lot of music that gets out there that you don't pay for. Um, and or, I, I don't feel bad for the record companies per se. I guess, but like the bands, the guys that are creating this this art. You know how are they still getting compensated? I don't know. Well,
3: perfect question. But
1: thank you. The answer is
3: (laughs) I don't care. Sorry, I'm going to be very PG because I am in Northeast Ohio. Um, But I don't care like if the record companies are compensated Um, because what they had was so ridiculous for for so many years like well, you'd hear so many horror stories of like right? these terrible contracts yeah. they signed yeah. bands to and just terrible contracts like like the artists very rarely had any kind of control they would be like doing these horrible deals like that people have like written legends about deals with the devil you know it's like it, and it's all true and so like yeah along the way there were always like very great um, record companies great music people who really were fans but there's so much, like really, really bad things that not only hurt the artists but really hurt the fans. Mm. And so, like, you remember how it was? If you heard a song and it was great, you had to pay twenty dollars, twenty dollars to buy a compact disc. It
2: had all the other songs. And on. All the other songs <laughs>
3: that that and just maybe like, those were good, but you right. don't know sometimes you know you might find two or three
1: good ones <laughs> yeah, but like
3: right. you're spending $20 and then you have to find you know part of your back seat to throw it to <laughs>
1: and right. it became a coaster storage became an issue
2: right. nowadays you keep it all on your phone but right. I mean I had three cars I was storing <laughs> cds I just need to get another car to put
1: in my. but on. it used
3: to be it used to be so expensive to record you yeah know? so like it's already an investment to r- get a band that you feel is worthy enough to sign to record an album, and then you have to get a bunch of people that think it's good enough to buy. I mean, it was impossible, you know? (laughs) And it was impossible to get a deal. So like, you were just like talking about like this mountain that people had to climb to get to the, even in the top .1% is nearly impossible. So if you were able to do that, great, you know? Pink Floyd, congratulations rich pigs yeah right um you know zeppelin beatles you know like great you know but they you know earned it they're they're legends they inspired millions of people you know great but that business is over yeah you know thankfully because like if you want to record an album now you can do it for less than $500 right if you want to release now you can do it less than $500 and all these things did not exist until probably about 2010 yeah 2011 and thankfully with the streaming services and this is like getting too business oriented but at least they are paying something because Napster wasn't right so right, right. That like was... they've at least figured it out where if you are good and you get played a lot you can make a lot of money off Spotify Mm-hmm. Now, Metallica, um, you know, all these bands that complained about the transition, they're not going to be making that kind of money, which is way more than the independent artist anymore, mm-hmm. thankfully. But it's just because the playing it's kinda field. kind of evened the lot. playing field a lot, yeah. But also, it is sad, though, because as a music fan, you also like a community, you know, and mm. you can still find communities but there's very few things that revolutionize the world musically like they used to you know Mm. when i listen to a radio station it's very hard to hear something that was released after 2001 ever you know and if i do i'm like hmm what is this (laughs) you know (laughs) and i have to get shazam out because um you know i just i'm like this is something new it's not pearl jam for the 500,000th time which I love Pearl Jam but it's just like you know like again there's been every like every I always get the same five conversations (coughs) the biggest one is Nothing Good has been released since 1995 I'm just like you know I will send you a playlist tomorrow if you tell me your five favorite bands of all band of all songs that have been released in the past year that you're gonna love and um, they usually say okay and then they're like wow I never would have known these if you wouldn't have shown me well
1: i think it takes it takes a little bit more work now to listen to new music exactly because it's easy to turn on your radio station or it's easy to even go on spotify i mean the one thing i like to do at least on spotify like you said what you do like you'll pick a band you really like and then pick like maybe their radio station and you'll get a lot of that band but you also get some stuff that's in that same genre that yeah. you know you, you catch uh, one here or there and like oh that's really cool and then you can go down that rabbit hole of you know the different bands that you get turned on to that normally you wouldn't because it's never would get played in you know 98.5 or whatever like a local radio station other than wjcu plug out to wjcu wjcu yep still a good college uh college Eight, radio is it still 88.7 it or, sure is yeah. yeah amen um
2: i think of like in terms of promoting music like the uh i think you just kind of highlighted what um, what was wrong with music before? Because, like, the Beastie Boys were with Rick Rubin, and then they did License to Ill, and it was hugely successful, and they toured and everything else. And then they're like, I don't think we want to do this with Rick Rubin anymore but we we'd like to go and, and do some work with these other you know producers and DJs and everything else and they did Paul's Boutique which I still think is like one of the best albums copyright infringement aside <laughs> from all the of the looping and, and tracks that they, they kind of stole from but I think that was one of their best like artistic and lyrical albums of all time and it was just an absolute flop out the gate and people eventually found it and fell in love with it and everything else but but without that promoter, they were nothing.
3: Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, after License to Ill. I, I, I love that you bring that up because, like, I use the Beastie Boys reference a lot, you know. It's like they made um, Ill community. No, uh, what was their debut? License, License to Ill. License to or, Ill. Yeah. So, so License to Ill, you know, it was inescapable. It was also, like, very controversial at the time because, you know, I mean, I was a young kid at the time, but I remember being in the back of the bus, like sneaking it and listening to it because, <laughs> because it was like so controversial. Because here are these like Jewish white boys rapping when you know we didn't think that anyone could rap, and rap is still like new. And every, I mean, that was early. I mean, that was, right, right. that was like they were way ahead of their time in a lot of ways, but especially as far as like shock value where, you know, you got to fight for your right to party, just became like this, like, oh, like every, you know, mom's worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Like The Simpsons and like everything that, you know, was so controversial when we were young. And um, it was just like, wow, you know, like, how dare they, you know, like, do this. And, you know, Columbia Records and and Def Jam were just like, yeah, let's make all this money because that's what we want to do. But they were... Artists, you know, and and no one really knew. I mean, everyone thought they were just like,
1: it's uh, like teen punks that like just got one. Just like comedians they were were punk rockers
2: before, and they got with Def Jam Records, and they became rappers
1: more, more R and B. But even like Fight for Right wasn't. I mean, it was like a rap song to like a rock music. Uh, Yeah, I think it's. They kind of tried to probably just like. Squeeze in there a little bit, like we're a rock, but it's like it's kind of rap too. But so. it, it's still a genius album. I mean, yeah, yeah right. It's right.
3: a it's a genius on two levels. Not, number one, it's genius because the Beastie Boys are genius, but it's also genius because Rick, Rick Rubin is a genius as well. You know, yeah. so it's like these two geniuses who are doing this thing, but they both don't want to do it. You know, <laughs> yeah, right? But I think they, they,
2: they would tell you like "Fight for Your Edge Party" is one of their least favorite songs. Oh, they, right. they they've yeah. said that. They yeah. said it in her yeah. book. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. So they they didn't want to continue down that road, even though everyone's like why wouldn't you like (laughs) just ride this but they say now we want to do bigger things which was insane to think about because like who in their
1: right minds would do that well that's like you always hear the story about like van morrison like refuses to ever sing brown and girl because like he hates that song it's (laughs) like his biggest song of all time but like he's like i can't fucking stand that song (laughs) right
3: so it was like such a gutsy move for them to leave Def Jam but it was also an extremely gutsy move for Capitol Records to sign the Beastie Boys who were kind of a joke you know I mean like they were just like f- frat rock but the 80s version of frat rock you know mm-hmm. it was like no substance like a cheesy thing so it took a few people at Capitol like a lot of guts mm-hmm. and and they got destroyed as a result because it was a flop you know mm-hmm. like like Paul's Boutique was a flop. It was a, a flop on, like, major right, levels. Right, right, But now it's regarded as one of the all-time classics. And, you know, obviously because, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but this happens time and time and time again. Yeah. If you look at any musician, everyone has, like, this horrible, bad review or, like, the time when one record label turned him down. Like the Beatles, mm-hmm. like the Rolling Stones, who went to one label and they said, "We'll sign you, but you got to get a new lead singer." <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. like now you look at that guy, you're like, <laughs> yeah. "Are you kidding?" He <laughs> did okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they, they made it. He's <laughs> a little the skinny, kids. little skinny, but I think girls might like him. But right. <laughs> it's just like you know, and that's the, that's the reason why. Like any time that I think I know what I'm talking about, I have yeah. to watch myself because all of these like really like legitimate and very famous people would like they got told
1: no a bunch of times
3: yeah and not only that but like if that would have been the end like it would have been over and and for and this is another thing that like most people don't understand this is like super nerdy i'm sorry i'm going down these wormholes but like this is great almost every band that you see people wearing t-shirts of they were failures like absolute failures, the Ramones were failures. Stooges were fa- being that band because they weren't making enough money. <laughs> right. Because people got fired because they signed them and they believed in them, and now to like see people like wearing Stooges, it's like, are you kidding me? Like read the books about them and, ha- <laughs> yeah. and like how they were like laughed off stage yeah, and they right. were they were they got people fired and. Thank goodness for those people who had the guts to stick by them, and especially with the Beastie Boys, because let me tell you, like I'm a music nerd, and I think the most fascinating album in the history of music, as far as like improbable is Check Your Head, because what? transformational in my in my I love that that album because let me tell you, like there are a lot of careers are you there like a yeah i feel like i'm in l.a <laughs> is this you Falls or not <laughs> I mean, what, yeah what's going on <laughs> on paul lake drive i don't know oj um so anyway it's like um you know impossible on a wide variety of levels number one is after paul's boutique they should have been dropped you know <laughs> yeah, right. so they shouldn't have had enough budget to release another album let alone record it so then they go and they move to LA and they're recording in like Glendale or something like this in a tiny studio. And these three Jewish boys like become the meters, the, the band, the meters, or like Booker T and the MGs. And they say, hey, I know it's never worked ever and still never for a hip hop band to play their own instruments. Right, right. Yeah. But we are going to do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And somehow it's going to work, even though we are on the shortest leash ever because we just flopped. Yeah, and they somehow made check your head.
2: Pure balls. Yeah.
3: Uh, unbelievable, but it's so good. Yeah. And it's like honestly seven different genres. Like when I was a kid, I was I was still in high school when that came out. That album probably revolutionized my music taste more than anything else because I heard um, funk. I heard jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard um, you know, like, like kind of like, Middle Eastern meditative music. Like, there's right. so many different styles. But they
2: they looped in Led Zeppelin. I mean. Um uh, they had but, when the levy breaks is the baseline for or no no think of a different album but that's
3: why the yeah. other thing is is like they went from Paul's boutique which had probably like five thousand samples <laughs> yeah, that's right and they only had like four or five you know yeah very and it was small, almost but. all like live instruments which again yeah. like apart from the roots like name another. Like hip-hop artist that oh, has I, done their I own their don't. own instruments none pass the mic check uh and so what you want and gratitude. especially and like it's all good like it is a mind-blowing album that like like how on earth did they do that and how on earth did like capital have enough guts to put it out you yeah. know
2: and that was commercially successful I, I huge I, and, and that, it, it that, that's it. another thing i can't tell you like what bands i like are successes or failures but like i don't know how that's that record sold compared to like license to ill probably not as well but right. but and it's one on, of my favorite albums of all time and if you
3: go on spotify now all the top songs are still from licensed ill you know yeah, right. because exactly. you know those are the big ones but <laughs> yeah. but like you know for a time there you know so what you want and and all that stuff it like it was just like whoa what is this it kind of
1: got them back into the at least the public eye too where they mm-hmm. were able to at least get enough traction and then came out with ill communication after that which you know yeah. was a huge hit right
3: right but but that made them like one of the biggest bands on earth that album and it made everyone go Hey, maybe Paul's Boutique was pretty cool. Let me check that out again.
0: Yep. Oh, went this is genius. Like, yeah, wow. That was really good. Yeah. <laughs> and how they do that. Right. Yeah. If anybody wants any more PC Boy stuff, that book they wrote, or I listened to it. It's awesome. And then they did like a Apple TV Plus thing Yeah. Where they kind of talked about it and went through the book a little bit. It's yep. They're both awesome. Like, good yeah. listens to Yeah, check I
3: gotta, that out. I got to check that out. It's it just like I was thinking about that the last time I listened to um, Check Your Head. I was like, how on earth did this ever get made? And how is it so good?
1: You know, it is
3: really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good.
1: <laughs> what I, I had gotten a little tidbit, and like you had brought up, and I don't know if this is true or not. This is like some insider info that I maybe had heard from my wife earlier before I came to this podcast. And she had said <laughs> that um, you had mentioned Bruce Springsteen before, just in passing but then maybe you had like your senior pictures was, was, a born, was a born in the USA based senior pictures is that true yeah <laughs> can we hear about that a little bit the boss and can we can you send us the pictures we, we'd love to post that on this on our Facebook page when we can we talk about anything else
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no no we'd like to stick with this
1: I think we're going down a good I path. I wanted to
3: hear about Robert Plant <laughs> and Chris i know, I'm not... and Tegan and Sarah <laughs>
2: I'd like to hear. First of all, we'll need those pictures. Uh, second of all, though, uh, wait a
1: second. Was it like were you standing with your back to the camera and like looking back over with the American flag? Yeah, that was it. D- your date was like,
2: "I'm not part of this." Like, what's going on here? Like, no,
3: nah, I just like for some reason I just wanted all these like ideas for my senior picture because I was a music nerd and so like I was. I said I want to recreate the. The Born in the USA cover. Can I do that? <laughs> and he's like, sure. You're paying me. Hey, it's your hour, bud. <laughs> do whatever you want. It looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: is there, uh, uh so I, I've, we typically do a thing in five questions. Maybe we'll just kind of meter them out here. And I've got, like, we could do a speed round here later of some other <laughs> musical stuff. But, um, what is the, uh, I gotta find it. I mean, I used movie. to live with the, uh, mixtape and i would take a lot of pride in like what i would put in like it still what like when i would put when people would ride in my car i was like oh listen to this you're gonna love this there's
3: two things that have defined my music career
2: yeah, yeah, we, yeah. you guys used to have showing talent like we used to have uh in music class we'd have um record days and you could bring in uh, a. Yeah, you know, at that time that. we were bringing in records
3: I wish we had that and oh, uh, cool.
2: you could play any song you wanted all 32 kids in the class would get to play a song and then uh, or you'd run out of time eventually but um, I, never I never had that that was really cool I thank Mrs. Webb for that but uh, man I would, I would love that day and like uh, you know of course yeah, the other my thing, brother David for some of the music that I would bring in
3: the other thing was mixtapes you know like that became my, my life you know like, oh yeah that's how. I, that's the only way I got any girls. You know. Yeah,
0: that's right.
3: <laughs> it wasn't my looks. So it was just like, ah, oh, you know, like I'll make you the greatest fucking mixtape you've ever <laughs> fucking heard in your life.
2: Hey, you should you should date Abe. He's a great mixtape. Yeah. If you need some music, I mean, found anybody in particular, or is it all? Are you kind of numb to it now, or do you?
3: Um. Yeah. I mean, I am always going to be starstruck. You know, one hundred percent. Even if I'm meeting someone who. You, none of you three would know but I've been like listening to for a while mm. and uh, I'm about to go see them and talk with them I still get like nervous and yeah. I'm like, mm. i like hmm I mean has
1: there been times when and like you don't have to like mention a specific artist or anything but where like you really admired this artist you really were excited to meet them and then when you finally got that chance it was just like a letdown, and maybe they were maybe they were an asshole or maybe they just didn't give you the time of day or have you always had pretty good experiences with, with with people in general in your work through the music industry?
3: Well, I mean, there are people who are known to be assholes. Sorry, mom.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> is she on Spotify? <laughs> yes. But um we're on Spotify. <laughs> no, I'm saying if she, but if she's not on Spotify, oh, okay. then she might not we probably wouldn't hit her this anyway.
3: Yeah. I, uh, I just said I was going to dinner with you. So I,
2: <laughs> well, we are eating poutine
1: yeah. and soft pretzels. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, we're having
2: dinner. In, but there, cer-
3: in certain countries, this would be a feast. <laughs> <laughs> there are people who, like, you know, if, if someone who didn't understand artists were to have an interaction with them, they'd be like, wow, what an asshole that, that guy or that girl was. But if you know artists at all, like, they're actually being extremely... Kind and patient with you and you absolutely deserved everything they just said like how so that I guess is, uh, that is what uh, I like
1: seen. what do you mean how like how could someone think that someone's being an asshole and at it's, the it's, other time like they're just being super cool like explain that dynamic I can
3: imagine it
2: being like uh, like you hey I just poured my heart and soul out into this song and it's everything I think it should be and you're like what do you think if maybe we added chimes at the end and they're just like <laughs> Absolutely fucking not. I'm not doing that. And fuck you for even
3: recommending it. Is right. it
2: like that kind of situation? Or what? is it like...
3: No, I mean, it's like when artists work with other artists, I mean, they have some bad interactions, you know, and it doesn't work out, but they both respect each other as professionals, and they say, oh, you've obviously earned your reputation. We just don't get along, you know? But where people get butt hurt all the time is when fans... Like expect this like certain thing from artists, and then when they don't get it, then they get offended. And then they say that person's an asshole. So, for instance, I mean, this is very fresh. I have never said this out loud, because it just happened a, a month ago. But I went to... Um, what's the city called? It was Canton. I went to Canton um, to see... Sun Kil Moon. Do you know who, who Sun Kil Moon I've is? I've heard
1: that name, but I'm not really familiar with it. Yeah, it's a
2: uh, South Korean golfer for our listeners. It's, uh...
3: <laughs> 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 he took 30 seconds. He, he, he yeah, there in
2: the Masters last year. <laughs> um, we'll get to that later. He also plays guitar, apparently.
3: <laughs> so anyway, Moonlight. this guy who goes under the name Sun Kil Moon, he um, actually grew up in Ohio, which I did not know until... Like I went to go, I was like, "Why is he playing in Canton?" I looked him up, and he he grew up in Maslin. So, um, I've been a a fan of his, like legitimate fan, since probably like 2003 or something. But I have never seen him live, and I read, you know, different things about him, like the weeks preparing for this show in Maslin, which I'm really excited about because, like, in New York and in LA. For twenty years, I was going to six shows a night. A I, night or a week? I mean, sorry, six shows a week.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> at,
2: at a
3: at a minimum, you you're know, like, you're like the new Elvis. <laughs> yeah. But also, but also, like sometimes six six shows a night. You know, like it was like I would go from venue to venue to venue because I'd, there was so many things I wanted to see. So I have easily like I've tried to like do the math but it's easily over you're you're like
1: the wilt chamberlain of music shows (laughs) exactly exactly
3: i would rather be the wilt chamberlain for for being wilt chamberlain but uh yeah i'll do music shows but uh so anyway over three thousand easily you know artists that i've seen live you know and uh so like to go from there to like being in ohio where i'm seeing like two or three shows a month you know so i was like really excited to go see this show so I go and he is playing and he's amazing uh, his name's
1: Mark and uh, how like what kind of music does he play so he plays? I'm known as Sunkill Moon or mark
3: <laughs> I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name and I don't want to sound like an idiot but um, it's like kozellic or something like that okay. I, I apologize you know, if anyone um, he, yeah again like I he, should know that I should know how to pronounce his last name for how long I've listened to his music but um, I don't so anyway um, I go in, I'm watching, and obviously, you know, he's playing in Canton, you know, and it's a small venue, but it's a great venue, I had a great meal the night before, I mean, right on the way there, which if you ever go to, uh, what's, it? Bender's, man. Bender's, where's yeah. that at? I just looked up oldest, um, oldest restaurant, and um, that came up, Italian, amazing. One oh, of the, one the greatest venues out. I've ever had. Yeah. And I hope it's Canton. I think it was Canton. It's one of those cities it down there. Might have been Cincinnati. We
0: no, know. it was not Cincinnati. It was somewhere in the some C- some C word in Ohio. No, it
3: was it was Canton. It was, and it was a great great meal. One of the I would go there anytime you guys want to go. I would go to Bender's again. Um, anyway, so he's playing this show, and I mean, he's been playing for a long time. I mean, like I first became a fan in, like two thousand three. So, uh, twenty years he's been playing, dealing with our, our, you know fans all the time, and so he's playing, you know. And as I walk in, the pe- the person at the ticket booth says, "All right, there's a no phone and no talking rule." And I'm like, "Sweet, thank you, you know, no problem." I go in, I don't use my phone, I don't talk, but as always, and especially like in these crowds where they don't go to a lot of shows, like, they're just yelling out songs that they want to hear. And sure. He, so he says, very, very nicely, very diplomatically, he says, you know, I appreciate that you know my songs, but I have a list of what I'm going to play tonight. Yeah. And if you say a song that isn't on that list, I'll feel like you're going to be let down. Right, 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 right. I hate feeling that way, but also it's like, I don't want to be like pigeonholed about certain songs that i don't like as much as you do you know so just please don't do that because it's not going to affect it i'm not going to play it because you're yelling it Mm -hmm. and if i happen to play it it's not because you yelled it because i think it's kind of rude to yell it because like as an artist like you should be happy to hear what i want to play for you because absolutely could,
1: could you sing along to
3: a song if you wanted to do that uh, probably, I don't think he would have cared about that. But okay. but it was like just a very it was like very simple rules, you know. And right. I and he even like took the time to explain it, you know. Like, man, anyway, like I I I get paid to do this. I'm playing Canton tonight, you know. Yeah, hey,
2: look, not here for the money, folks.
3: Right, and this is and, my process. And of course, at the end of the next song, the guy starts yelling again, mm. and I'm sitting there just like. Mortified, I'm mortified. Yeah, embarrassed right. for him, and for the for the fan who's yelling, you know. But also like, how on earth? Like, did you not listen to one word he said? And Do you not respect him right. enough as a person? You know, because like, you
1: got to figure you you wouldn't be at that show unless you probably knew this artist and like it wasn't like a random spot you would end up. Correct, I mean, right? But he was also like, not only that, but he was
3: he was like yelling out a cover song that he did. <laughs> So it's like, oh yeah. wow! Yeah,
1: right. On top, don't of, play what you wrote. Just play this other one that we like. It's right. like, hey, let's hey, hear so, "Sweet Home Alabama."
3: <laughs> it's like watching this like bizarre, this bizarre car crash happening, and I'm just like, you know, you're gonna set this guy off, and you're gonna have like, you're gonna be embarrassed in front of your girlfriend or wife, or because who's like. Has her arm around you still somehow? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it's like, what is your
2: problem? She hasn't, she hasn't chewed it off yet,
3: right? And so it's just like, man, like you know. So sometimes people give like, like because he did, like eventually, just say, dude, like, please don't say another word. And if you do, I'm gonna have you like kicked out of here. Yeah. You know. And that guy can forever say, oh, that guy was an asshole. Right. You know? But it's like, no. I got to kind of respect the process. I always found it kind of like uh,
2: off-putting, but comedians seem to kind of welcome this where they'll do a show, and even if they refresh all the, you know, it's a completely new material. They do a full 60 minutes of new material, you know, every year. But but then afterwards, I went to a Brian Regan show, and he's like, anybody want to hear a bit? And, like, people were yelling out, like, hey, do the walkie-talkie thing. And he'd go right into his bit, and he'd do it for him and everything else. But, like, I can respect, you know, if he's doing a primer in Canton, Ohio he's working on some stuff right and he's just kind of like i'm going to do this song here's one you've never heard you know here's you know but i i'm i'm working through my process and like i'm not doing the old stuff that old stuff i'm putting behind me or you know i'm working on this new thing and i kind of like to know how you feel about the new thing but you know i don't want to keep going well, back to that well i think that's that. that's
1: kind of a slippery slope too for like maybe larger bands or probably any artist, really where like people show up to a show to hear the hits turn the page you know but like but bands are putting out new material and they want to see how the fans react they want to see how it's received and all that everybody stands up and goes and gets drinks they're (laughs) like yeah like we're here to to hear this that was awesome 10 years ago yeah and like well i get that but like there's some more awesome stuff that you gotta like listen to and i think you know it's like the mob mentality like fans are just like we want free bird you know it's just like we we got if you want us to keep evolving and growing and producing and yeah. coming up with more awesome shit like you got to <laughs> yeah. give it a chance.
2: Yeah. 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 Right.
1: Exactly. It might it might not be awesome, but you got to you know, if you're there for that, you have to I guess buy into the fact that like they're not only are they artists, like they're trying to make a living and they need to keep on keeping on in order to right. keep the fans coming in.
3: So regardless of like,
1: you know, my so, so you, yeah. I thought you were going to say like you were the guy that was yelling that. <laughs> so, even though they play the song, though, was, the cover song, so he really never played me. the song I yelled to him about.
3: And that girl left me. Um, <laughs> no, but like it was just like it was surreal. But like, what to answer your question though, it's like every artist that I've met, like, um, even the ones who are known to have this like confrontational personality, they ended up being extremely cool because you know they're artists and they're like you know even if they have zero like social skills they still are like genuinely kind of like this open vessel of just awesome energy because they are somehow capable of creating this great stuff you know so (laughs) i wouldn't necessarily want to have a beer with every one of them all the time but i've been able to like sit in a room with them and not get in an argument you know right and even like lou reed who like is probably the most famous for being um um really like because he just got sick of hearing all the same stupid questions over and over and just became like listen you know i don't want to talk about this stop you know kind of like tom brady yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right he, he, you, like everyone reaches their breaking point you know but the, the the five times i was able to like hang out in a room with lou reed he was always super cool and down to earth and i would never think that he was ever a jerk and he was actually like super sweet to a lot of my good friends you know yeah and uh i really like appreciate him for that so
2: what's like something um you know we think we tend to think of like robert plant or you know Mick jagger or lou reed or any of these guys like just oozing with cool. Like, what's the nerdiest thing you ever saw? Like, Robert Plant? Does he wear readers? Does he like? Does yeah, he,
3: oh, he does. By <laughs> the way, oh sorry, this is my phone. Oh, um, but but like, no. I mean, he was. Like, it, it is actually one of the stories I tell a lot because like um, after I like worked for RCA and then BMG distribution in Times Square, I wanted to work closer with the artists, and so. Um. One of the labels that we worked with was called sanctuary records and that's the label that iron maiden founded Mm -hmm. and so at that time it was like honestly like working in a in a candy shop like it was just like a dream come true because we were signing everybody because all the major labels were panicking didn't know what to do so they were dropping all their cool bands Mm -hmm. and keeping the ones that were making money And so all the cool bands were just coming to us. Yeah. And we were like, hey, all the hard part's been done. We'll put out your album. And, you know, we'll pay for your, you know, we'll make you feel like you're a rock star. And they were all just, like, coming into the office every day. And it was honestly, like, every day I'd be like, holy cow. You know, like, that is all of Wu-Tang Clan, you know? and And uh, I have to act normal you know and uh, I can have like funny stories about all these people and it just is like it got to the point where it was like okay like every band I've ever liked has walked through these doors and so we were working with Robert Plant and you know if you listed top ten rock legends he would be in that list you know and it got like so often that I would see him that um, what's
1: up, Bobby? No, it was
3: honestly like that, and so I'm just like a, an assistant, like I'm you know a young guy, and and I'm like carrying things to the copy machine, and he's like, hey, what's up, babe And I'm like, hey, Robert. I was just like, honestly, I like I turned around the corner and I went. I just I said, all right, let's just keep things in perspective. <laughs> all right, all right. I was just going to make some copies. <laughs>
2: There's a there's
3: a movie um, <laughs>
2: called uh, This Is Forty where Paul Rudd is a uh, owns a record label
3: that he's trying to get yeah, off the ground. I remember seeing that it was like very similar to my life in, like, in a lot of ways. So
2: uh, one of my favorite things is they're trying to they're trying to land a uh, Graham Parker, this old like British rocker. Oh, I know Graham Parker. <laughs> who um, they're trying to give him like a couple of shows in in LA and everything, and like he comes into the studio and like the young you know hipsters are like why are we doing this like like, and he comes in and he's wearing an oreos hat (laughs) and they're like is he being ironic is that really cool or is that just super dumb like what's (laughs) going on here like that that just reminds me like some of these people must walk in the studio as their true selves and you're just like yeah he's not that cool (laughs) they like you Uh, know
3: the funniest thing is that we worked with almost every legendary heavy metal band from from the beginning of time and I mean, these were like my my parents were extremely religious, and so we had the on cassette tape, you know, um, you know, heavy metal is the devil type thing, and I would listen to it, and they say, here is you know, Quiet Riot backwards, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> it's yeah, like, really. wait, did I hear that right? <laughs> you know? yeah. And and I was just like, and so many times, like these legends would come in that I used to be so scared of and that yeah. my mom would like be saying all of these things like this is the antichrist and I was like yeah I've seen the antichrist and, <laughs> and he's about like 5 foot 1 <laughs> 110 pounds and he ain't no anti yeah well it <laughs> he was, just wore makeup and yeah. uh, had fake blood coming out of his mouth
2: well it's like uh, I think we were all introduced to that when the, the Osborns did that reality show and Ozzy's oh, yeah. like putzing around the house and sweatpants. Just like a bumbling idiot. <laughs> he, he can't find like food to eat <laughs> and like his kids are running roughshod over the house and you're just like, that's that's Black Sabbath, you know, that's the lead that's, didn't he bite the head off a bat? Like what exactly. happened to that guy? It is know?
3: exactly that, but I got to see him in real life. You know, like standing next to these people and it's like, Wow Like yeah, my awesome. mom would be like absolutely scared right now that I'm talking with you, but it's hilarious that you give absolutely no concern about how many people you scared in your life to your money, you know?
1: well it's just all that i mean it's all like a show i mean for you know was part of the, I mean, the marketing thing too i'm sure you're just trying to promote the whole you know scene that you got going on with guys like well quiet riot was almost like pop slash heavy so mode. was
3: iron maiden you know iron maiden sounds like show tunes you know in a lot of ways right i mean i love them yeah they're monsters on their instruments and
2: they weren't really dem- nice like guys. i was scared
1: of the misfits and like mike kind of turned me on of the misfits like i actually had some bad dreams about
2: those guys <laughs> but some of those songs are just like uh gosh i think of like astro zombies and it's such a like 1950s poppy like rhythm it's just it's just like you know c f g d i mean it's such like a mel- melodic like like progression they're playing but uh, but uh, they're playing it like <laughs> little quicker, dancing, little quicker. dancing <laughs> singing over it and they're playing it like you know with like on the uh you know russian uh you know super muff you know pedal or whatever but right. it, yeah
3: well the thing you, you learn right away and that you always have to remember is like 99 percent of people become musicians because they are too nerdy and they want to have a way to get the girl because they're not a jock you know <laughs> yeah yeah and so they turned to music. So they put on shoulder pads with spikes. Right. So, it, like, <laughs> well, almost that, all of them the were like nerds, and are nerds still, still? Even though they now are like considered cool, but they were still they're still nerds deep down. You oh. know? and that's why you know it's great. Kids and without, that's why it without but like, makeup. That's remainder. the
1: thing that like Vanessa and I went over Christmas down to the Rock Hall. It's just like we got we we did a, like a little date night, and we went the Rock Hall, and I'd been there. Geez, probably was ten years ago, but I'd been there a while, and like. They have so many really cool costumes from whatever artist has worn throughout the years, whether it's like James Brown or Mick Jagger or Elvis. But like you start looking at this they're like they're so tiny. Yeah. Like <laughs> these are tiny people we're dealing with here. Are I mean, These for their sons? Yeah, I mean it's literally like I yeah. wouldn't have fit in that in like second grade. <laughs> right. I was husky. Prince, Prince was, especially Prince. Oh was my god! Yeah, you can just can't ever around. get
3: to meet Prince. No, no. I never met Prince i never saw him live either
2: well the last time i was at the rock hall i got to see um it was after george harrison's death and uh they did while my guitar gently weeps and um one of the things they play on on in the imax theater in the rock hall is prince playing that solo which is incredible unbelievable i mean like
1: you talk to people and i don't know because i'm not as in tune to it as you guys but like a lot of people will say that like the the musicianship that Prince had and his ability to play like multiple instruments and how good he was at so many different instruments is like he might be one of the best musicians of the 20th century. That's the th-
2: yeah, I'd like to ask you about that. Like I I tend to think of people in the music industry as maybe pretty laid back, you know, kind of um, you know, just kind of go with the flow maybe. You know, maybe not that hard of workers or anything else like that, but uh, but honestly what's happening is these guys have perfected a skill and have put like tens of thousands of hours into their craft and like playing an instrument i mean it's yeah it's not it's not it doesn't just happen these aren't these aren't just naturally gifted people they, they're really like hard workers and experts yeah. in their field
3: i mean 100 percent. that is absolutely true like especially like in the old days i'm talking about that old mountain that you used to have to climb like it was nearly impossible, so they they had to be so good to right. get there, and they had to work so long. Like, the biggest fallacy probably in the United States in regards to music is that anyone can do it. You know, mm. even today. Yeah. Um, yeah, you might have like a hit that's there for ten seconds because you happen to like write this great thing, but if you don't continue doing it, you're going to be gone. You know. Right. Like the only way to stay relevant is just working, working way more than anyone thinks you're
0: doing. You know, we don't see a lot of like twenty year olds. I mean, if somebody gets big now, you're you like realize, wow, they're like thirty years old already. They've been they've, they've been doing do this for that, a long time.
2: Just maybe you to get, see that with like a vocal instrument, like maybe the younger folks. But like in terms of like pure musicianship and like instruments, yeah. maybe I mean yeah, they do I seem mean, longer in the tooth. Yeah, yeah.
3: one thing I learned as soon as i like got into the music industry is i used to be really like negative against people who i thought were bad you know Mm -hmm. but as soon as i started working in the music industry i no longer ripped on anyone because like i may not like their music but i respect the fact that they somehow yeah a household name you know and you, you can say that about anyone like i mean anyone who you think just happened to get there like I still respect them. They still did it, you know. Um, It's like that meme, which is um, Vin Diesel on his yacht with his shirt off. (laughs) And they're like, hey. And he's like really fat. And they're (laughs) like, hey, look at this picture of Vin Diesel on his yacht with his shirt off. And they're like, yeah. And there's you. Yachtless. (laughs) (laughs) Yachtless, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. and I just love yeah, that experience. Right. Yachtless—that's
2: <laughs> a date.
0: Throw me, throw me in that boat. The Atlas <laughs> yeah. boat for sure. <laughs>
2: oh gosh i i feel like this podcast could go on all night but, <laughs> i think so
1: but let's uh yeah let's wrap it up mike you got some questions for abe and so maybe explain to abe how this works a little bit yeah uh,
2: we typically do five questions for the guest and we will um we'll ask you the five questions you're not allowed to answer initially but we're going to try and answer them for you um and these will uh i'll probably read them tonight because my uh, my handwriting is not so good but um but yeah, we'll give it a shot here, and uh, at the end of, of each question, we'll get to we'll get to know the right answer because you'll get to answer it. But uh, this should be fun to hear Shane's responses.
0: I probably won't even know what here. you're talking about. Pass. I don't
2: know. Um, so the first question: Van Halen or Van Hagar?
1: Hmm.
3: So you're, you're going to answer this for me, right?
2: <laughs> Initially,
1: yeah. Yeah, sure. Van Halen.
2: Van Halen. All right. Pure Van Halen. Yeah. I- okay all right any
1: explanation of that shane or you just no just that was the first one on the list <laughs> okay um sammy Hagar made some decent tequila so i am giving that i would imagine abe likes tequila probably from time to time are you a tequila guy you can answer that question
3: i'm equal opportunity okay.
1: alcoholic. <laughs> um i don't know i would say that this the easy answer would be van halen but I think that uh, Van Hagar kind of expanded their sound a little bit that maybe Abe would would kind of appreciate. So I, I'm going to go Van Hagar.
2: This is yeah, this is tough for me because I respect both. I obviously like David Lee Roth and they like the the sound that they kind of formed there at the end, and they have some ob- absolutely classic albums. But I think 5150 has like three really great, um, really great. Uh, written songs on it. Uh, yeah,
0: I was gonna say the same thing.
2: Love comes walking in. Uh, streams. Dude, you don't know what 5150 is. <laughs> no, you, no idea. <laughs> you don't. Uh, gosh, there's another one. Don't on they there make too. snowboards? I can't think of. But anyway, I'm not completely dismissive of Van Hagar like Joe Dirt is. I I, I tend to like uh, a lot of their songs too. Now let's not forget about right now. I mean, per- that'll, personally, that'll like that'll I, 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 pound
1: I, cake. I would always say Van Halen, but. I don't know. I think. I mean, Eddie I still playing. I just think, I just think Abe's going to throw us for a little bit of a loop here. Yeah, let's hear what he has to say.
2: Van
3: Halen,
1: (laughs) Heads down, not even Shane gets another one. Yeah,
2: all right, okay, Shane, Shane's a winner there. The the
3: non-music
1: guy gets it. (laughs) I was only saying that because I wanted to, you know, put some. I didn't. We can't all vote for the same thing. No, of course. not it's Mm -hmm. good.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's uh, not even close. Like again, (laughs) I'm not going to. It's a freaking landslide. I'm not going to rip on, like Van Hagar was was great, you know. I love their music video for "Dreams," where they had the blue angels.
2: Oh, that was great!
1: Yeah, that was good.
2: Um, as, a, was, as a Navy man, yeah. What is, happened to videos? Do you, are you still do, are musicians still doing videos? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And yeah,
3: they are. I'm actually like helping out with my friend's company who's um, making an app to make it more like accessible for people to find videos. So, because I mean, I'm a big music video. Like
1: growing me. up, like you just watch. Were you allowed to watch MTV? I know mean, you sit at a very religious house, but like. I would sneak it in. That's how I like learned. Because like
3: 120 minutes changed my life. You know, I don't know if you you two watched 120 minutes. But no, no. What's that? 120 minutes on MTV on Saturday night at midnight oh, for two hours. No, they would no, no. show all the well Saturday
0: night's main event was on WWF, so we were probably busy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're probably right my <laughs> apologies but i mean i would watch i mean i can t- to this day still think of like so many videos that like right. i've seen a thousand times but like the music videos were like yeah. where it was at i mean we were talking about fight for right to party like i remember that video that i mean the first time the, i the heard boys, some so of what their, you want if you want to talk about Beastie boys like some of their videos, like, of their videos when they came out in paul's boutique and even like the ill communication and like they had some really cool videos like they brought a whole new style and to I think like mainstream with the stuff they did with their like throw some of their throwback videos that
3: yeah they they wouldn't have been famous if it wasn't for their videos no. you know I mean MTV made a, a lot of stars that wouldn't have existed if there wasn't a video party party my all the girl time. likes
2: to party all the
3: time party all the time but yeah. he would have been famous regardless yeah he was
1: doing alright <laughs> 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 sure. Charlie Murphy multiple <laughs> but he did have a great, great voice Murray. that was a, he was a great he actually voice. was good voice yeah Under- all right it. number two
3: number two but by the way back to Van Hagar. um I don't know if you've ever heard the song by a band called Nerf Herder.
2: I, I have heard of that band. Um,
3: Nerf Herder was named after a Star Wars reference. I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but if you are, there's a... It's a, a derogatory
2: term right. that was used in uh, A New Hope, I believe, he, and that was referring to, I think, Obi-Wan Kenobi, where he's just an old Nerf Herder.
3: Nerf Herder. So <laughs> anyway, there are a bunch of Star Wars nerds who started a band, but they have a great song about van halen versus van hagar which you need to, you need to check, out. <laughs> check that out it's called van van halen and it's a great song it's really it's a really well done song i, I haven't listened to it in probably 20 years i'm gonna three.
1: listen to it on the way home tonight
3: you'll, you'll like to it. check it out
2: um okay i so you were again you have a, a very eclectic musical taste and a wide range um and i think we maybe know the answer to this but you haven't supervised a lot of this this type of music. Is there a genre of music that you absolutely can't stand? We mentioned jazz earlier. Well,
1: that was he never said he didn't like jazz. You no, said he didn't. No, no, like but no,
2: no. Again, I don't know. But is there a type of music that Abe just absolutely
0: cannot
1: cannot uh, stomach? Con-
0: country, probably. I'm gonna go country.
1: Hmm. Like like the newer country. I don't know go the newer like, like Shania Twain. Is that what?
0: Yeah, or like the poppy kind of country. Like, I they don't even wear a cowboy hat anymore kind
1: of country. Um, what kind of music would Abe not really like? Which it's probably small, small sample size of anything because I feel like he's pretty open minded to just about any type of music. Um, how about Irish beer drinking songs? <laughs> I know he probably loves those. <laughs> he's,
2: he's tucking down the bourbon pretty well. I don't know. Um, I would maybe say I don't know, I could see you bumping your head to to house music too. I don't know. I'd say I say the answer is no. There's not there's nothing he would absolutely dismiss as a genre of music.
3: What do you think, Abe? Is there? I think I think Shane got this one again. Country. <laughs> country.
2: Modern country. Modern
3: country. I could see there, that.
2: Is there a disdain for the industry because of the way the artists are treated like where it's, you know, the uh I don't know what the word is for that. It's very like esoteric, where you have to break into that industry. You can't do
3: it from the outside. Deal. No, I mean there are a few artists that I like, and I guess probably you you won the contest. Where it really is nothing. I I do like everything. I really do. There used to be genres I didn't like, but after working in the business, I eventually did, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. wow. You know, like I used to think reggae was terrible, but then. After like hearing the old school stuff, like in the late 60s, early 70s, all the stuff that was made when these uh, you know poor people from the middle of Kingston were like just making music because they had nothing
1: else positive to do, like that's and even like how much they that like influenced the Stones on some of their albums, you oh, know,
3: it's unbelievable. Like, and I used to I'm like embarrassed that I used to like kind of discount it, you know, but like now I I send my my reggae playlist out to more people than probably anything I send out, you know, of like, mm-hmm. Hey, these are my jams. Like hmm. if you don't understand this, like you've never, um, been financially like strapped, yeah. you know? Right. Right. But,
0: like, but you're not putting Florida, Florida, Georgia line on the, yeah. The <laughs> that's the thing.
3: It's like, <laughs> it's like if I did, if I was close to not like, like uh, liking a genre, it's just that kind of very like, Velveeta cheese slice yeah, thing that they just churn out. You know, like, just the... You get one one line, and you create a whole song around a line,
1: you know? Mm. Like... How do you feel about, like, the boy bands of the 90s? A similar thing.
2: Some of these bands, you know, they get knocked it's down. Almost they a, get it's
1: up, get it's almost
2: up again.
3: exactly the same. You know, like, like, boy bands are manufactured. Right. They look good, and they had songs that they did not write and they just had to go sing them. Much like our favorite songs from the 50s, you know, like the Burl Building. They used to just sit there and all these nerds would turn out these great songs and then good-looking people would sing them. Great, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what's happening with country. You know, it's great. And I've had friends who've written some of these big songs, and I'm happy for them. But as a genre, and especially like if it, like... If it helps people like expand their thoughts and become cooler people, great. But if it makes them become narrow-minded, then no. Well, I think it was like a good. (laughs) So uh, David
2: Allen Coe's out. All right.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it was a good word he (laughs) used. He said like some soul,
3: you know. Like he he was just like a a stupid redneck. But But but,
1: when you said the word manufactured, I think that's you know when you start taking the actual artist. And he's like three steps down from the actual what you get as a right. consumer or a fan. Right. It just seems fake. Yeah, and there's some
3: great modern country artists who are really good. Like Zach Bryan is great. Yeah, you know, like yeah. he. He's a Navy
1: veteran. Yeah, we we would talk about Zach Bryan a little bit before. Like he is awesome. Yeah, and he watch. writes his
3: own music, and and he's really a great writer. Mm-hmm. You know, and if he wasn't a great writer, I wouldn't listen to him. But Sturgill
1: Simpson, Sturgill Simpson,
3: another Navy vet. Yeah, two Navy vets holding yeah. up country music.
1: Yeah, they're they're both
3: great. Yeah. Zach
2: Bryan has gotten everything a musician can get out of E minor, G, C, and yeah. C, I mean,
3: C. it's limited, but like he's still like solid. Right? Oh yeah, you his know? voice
2: is—you just can't. You can't train that voice.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, I just crossed out the the question I was going to ask, and I've, I've created a new one. The musician. <laughs> oh, is that even
1: allowed? Yeah, it's allowed. Shane, line. check that. We'll I, let it we'll go. <laughs> look, look, look in the bylaws. Well, one strike. start, one start strike his mic,
2: mic, or he's
0: going to be gone out of here.
2: The musician that Abe thinks had so much more to give. The musician we lost way too early. Hmm. And there's a lot of them, frankly, uh, right? I yeah. one. Yeah. Well In the yeah, history of music
3: yeah. or since I've been alive? History
2: of music, your favorite the one the one that you wish was still made. I was gonna say today. I was gonna say Mozart,
1: but <laughs> He had a good run. <laughs> he did. Um Jeez, why don't you take this one, Mike, since you came up with the question. You obviously had something in mind, I think
2: you know it was you know i don't know that this falls into the reggae genre but uh gosh and i can't think of his last name now but bradley from sublime like those guys were were popping off like it was a whole new sound that nobody had ever heard it was on the radio it was so popular two songs that were major hits and then he dies and then nothing nothing more ever came of that but i felt like that was going to be a huge step for not, not, it wasn't Sky, it was in fact reggae, and it was kind of punk reggae, and it was going in places that music, music hadn't gone before for, for guys What was, my age, what was, what was so. the
1: lead singer's name again? Bradley,
2: uh, something, I should know. Yeah. It? How influential was that guy? <laughs> we don't even know his name. <laughs> it's been a while. Anyway, but, uh, you know, maybe that music wasn't that interesting or not, I don't know, It's just a wild shot in the dark, but, I don't know, Hendrix Morrison, that's Jane, Janis Joplin.
0: I'm gonna give you. I'm giving you some. Yeah, all of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those. I mean, I don't know. I this is out of my wheelhouse. I mean, I know, like, Kurt Cobain was young, right? I mean, yeah. but he did that's that's a great. On.
2: That's a great. But guess. he did a lot.
0: He did a lot, though, and influenced a lot of people. Maybe there was a lot more to. to Who knows? But together. then we. But then we might not have had the Foo Fighters. Who knows?
2: Yeah, it's true. So, all yeah. right, so Shane's gonna go
1: on the record as, as Kurt Cobain. I mean, that's a solid. That's, that's not a bad. Solid answer. Um i don't know I'm trying, i feel like people aren't dying as young as they used to anymore in the the drugs in the better. music world um I, I i think jim morrison and it's kind of like a vanilla answer but i think he was such a like a different thinking kind of guy um i mean i've read a good amount of his poetry and like heimbach actually turned me on to him to the point where like i knew the doors you know songs but then the more i got like did a deep dive into him yeah, spoke he was just uh you know he he had such a weird kind of wild take on things yeah but i'm going to say keith moon <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, girl, fall. Right. I'm not even lead singer and it's funny a... it's funny when i talk to like my my parents or my friend or my friends parents and they talk about the doors isn't it that they think the doors were just kind of bubblegum pop like radio hits they they weren't but like think for it, us growing up it but was it, like it's, like, whoa, but it's whoa. like the Beatles
1: too like you listen to all their pop songs like the songs my parents yeah, know yeah. but then you start like getting deeper into their albums and like wow, these there's some really way cooler songs on here yeah, that are like sure. super from you know 60s some strawberry British invasion stuff, yeah. stuff to like white album I mean it's you know they they have Pink Floyd too whatever I mean I think you can take any band you like and like go down into the, those B-sides and start listening to them I'm like holy shit like how come this song was not a hit you know okay. but
2: alright let's hear what Abe, what Abe we've given you enough
3: time to think about this and digest no. it what do you think I mean this is the greatest question I've ever been asked <laughs> wow no seriously it's a great question um, but I have two answers okay Well, which well I know it's cheating but well we'll let few, it go yeah thank you um <laughs> so like
2: it might be the most sincere (laughs) guest we've ever had (laughs) yeah
3: (laughs) (laughs) to a fault but also like it's kind of a three-part answer number one is i am typically known to like depressing music like i love yeah a real sad song i like really tortured artists what is that about that i just love a sad song you know absolutely hmm. And, and a lot of my favorite musicians have Killed themselves, you know. I liked um, Vic Chesnutt a lot. Elliot Smith, Sparkle. Elliot Horse. Smith, is one, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, just great people who, like, obviously from day one, you knew that they were messed up, and you knew that they were going through a lot of stuff, and it was only a matter of time, you know. If you listen to any of their songs, and they delivered on their promise, which is not a good thing, it's a horrible thing. But you know, one would think that that would be my answer, but it's not. The two people that i am going to answer are both people who did not overdose they did not do anything that deserved to die like i mean they weren't like doing they weren't like drag racing or anything yeah. they, they one had cancer who's my first answer and would be the easy answer just as far as like impact like a world changer Bob Marley died at 36 years old mm. from skin cancer from a mole that he had on his toe, you know, like he if you watch, like I watched a couple of documentaries about him, like what he did in Jamaica alone, as far as like rival gangs who would not like years, t- dozens of years of, of fighting. He brought him on stage, had him shake hands no more war between those two gangs. I mean, he was a, a very big presence. Mm-hmm. Speaking about big things, changing the world. I mean, he got diagnosed with skin cancer. They told him to cut off his toe. He refused. Rastafarian, soccer player, performer. Mm-hmm. I need my toe. Within a year, he said, "I wish I would have cut off my
1: toe." You know? <laughs> See, uh, I didn't. I didn't know that. I knew he died from cancer. I didn't know it was skin cancer and it was from a mole or whatever on his toe.
3: Yeah, if he would have chopped it off, he'd, he'd probably still be alive, you know? Well, or, geez. you know, hopefully Wow. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think that uh, is obviously the most tragic. Like, man, like, talk about something that could have been prevented and someone who made such a huge impact.
2: You would think thing. his drummer would have been like, hey, guys, we're going to his room and we're chopping off his phone. Seriously, just that night. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. Whack. <laughs>
3: there's good news and bad news bro. I took off two that didn't need to be taken off but
1: <laughs>
3: you're gonna be okay uh, so there's that and uh, the other one like l- less um, as far as like the huge thing but me as a fan like my favorite male voice ever is Otis Redding mm. um, died I think at 26 I mean wow, ridiculously young
1: I mean, one of the most please,
3: soulful voices of all time. Please Google it because he sounded like he was like 70. Cook in that, but, uh, Sam that category, Cook is up there, too. Marvin Gay, like all three of them. Oh. The, the three greats, you know Otis, Marvin, Sam. All three of the greatest black male voices of the late 60s. All were killed so early. But especially
1: Otis, who was just on a plane. Mm. Well, you said Otis Redding sounded like a 75 year old man, which probably hit home for you because you told me earlier tonight that you <laughs> you have the body of a 79 year old woman yeah.
3: <laughs> so I was always attracted to
1: Otis Redding <laughs> <laughs> In, innately and that's a whole I different story I have the <laughs> body I have the body of
3: Otis Redding's voice <laughs> who were you singing to back then but uh, anyway like Otis like he like he had a very brief time on this musical earth um, but what he achieved is insane like like the amount of hits he had at such a young age and, and please google it uh, if you are Shane that would be great I think it was 26 when he died because I don't think he was 27. Because that's the now. What did he, What did he die of? How did he? Plank. Shane, oh.
1: Shane's on Pornhub right now. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, sorry. Sorry to
3: disturb you. Jeez. I that. thought.
1: I, I don't know why. I thought you were gonna say Buddy Holly for some reason. Well, I I like Buddy Holly. Not, but, no, not that you don't. But
3: but but like I mean Otis like 20,
1: man 20, 26. You're
3: yeah. correct. Wow. So like I mean he was so young, and he like what he achieved, in the very few years he sang, and and most of them were him singing other people's songs, but he also was a great writer, you know? He wrote Land of a Thousand Dances, where he name-checks himself, mm-hmm. uh, it, which is a great Great to know. But also, like, he he was also a writer, and he just was starting on writing. And, like, sitting on the Dock of the Bay, I fuck... I'm sorry. I... I <laughs> we'll, we'll bleep that out. <laughs> I, um... Beep. I mean, I hate that that's, like, his legacy, that people know him for, because, like... All oh, his stuff was so funky. Before that, and and if you ever like wanted to just like really dig in, because if if you want to talk about my favorite genre, like I'm a heavy metal guy and I'm a punk guy, but if I was on a desert island, all I'd want is the Stax records. Okay. No That's it. That is that is Otis Redding, Sam and Dave.
1: Just Motown. No.
3: Stacks, Memphis, Tennessee. Oh. So it's the same thing. It's Mot- Motown gets all the press, but Stacks in Memphis, they had their own label, started by two white du- well, um Jimmy Stewart and I think a, a f- white female. Hmm. It was Stewart and Axson, Son, and they combined their last names and made it Stacks, and then they started recording in Memphis, Tennessee, the Deep South, started recording. Uh, black musicians and and they like I feel uh, are the greatest record label of all time because they like brought like so much soul and again kind of like the, the Jamaica thing it's like all the great music starts where it shouldn't like where the last place you would ever expect music to be because they got nothing else to do except like lash out musically That's where all the great music comes from. Punk rock from, you know, the bad side of New York. Uh, Reggae from the slums of Jamaica and Kingston. Uh, The deep south and uh, with, uh, you know, R&B. That's where the great music comes from is when people have nothing else to do except fight through music, boom, Hmm. you know
2: really glad I crossed out that other question. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, gosh. What a great uh, great answer. That's fantastic. I think we've gotten a lot to think about <laughs> in Google there. Um, yeah, lots of Google. Number four, the best live music performance Abe has ever seen. Oh, man. I just can't imagine. I This is a tough
1: one it's for us be, to answer. It's going to be a to CBGB's, seen. Whiskey a yeah, say Somebody I've never, never heard, heard of. It's not going to sure. be the... Sun Yim G, whoever you saw in Canton. <laughs> Sun J M. Come of some young guy. <laughs> the cream
3: of some young guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: Sun Kill Moon. Sun Moon. And Kill, and Kill Moon. only has
1: one L. Then another, another <laughs> loop, another loop that I just got thrown for.
0: Yeah, why well, don't, in the interest of time, why don't you just tell us what your uh, answer is?
2: That's probably.
1: We're never gonna, gonna get it. We're never <laughs> even gonna get close. I don't think, Gosh. Abe. Unless you want to give us a hint.
3: All right. I have three answers, but I'm going to give you one. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's
0: <it's laughs> stick to one. <laughs> Fuck. Delete that, please, Shane. <laughs> I mean, there's no wrong answers. You can change it tomorrow i got to give three want.
3: answers. Number one is the show that changed my life, which I already told you about. Athens, Georgia, milk Hotel. This very obscure band, which I don't think any of you, because all of you are looking at me because you don't know... And if you listen to them now, you might not understand it, but like they're kind of like this cult band. But it was also like, I never saw the Ramones live. I never saw the Clash live. I never got to see all these bands in the late 70s that I wish I could go in a time machine and go back and see. But I can't. But I did get to see Neutral Milk Hotel live. And it was an accident that I saw them because I went to go see the headliner, Vic Chestnut, who's another one of my favorites. He's one of the people I had on my suicide list, but um, Vic chestnut was one of my favorite artists in Athens at the time 1997. And I got there early. I'm in the Navy. I take off my uniform. I put on my civilian clothes. I go and I sit down and I sleep because they have all these recliners at the 40-watt club. And I fall asleep and then this band starts and I'm just like, and my life changed in that moment. And I said, I want to get in the music business it was like the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen in my life these four musicians like three months before they released their definitive album in the airplane over the sea I just got to see it firsthand and say I've never heard this before I've never seen this before I don't know what I'm seeing but this is what I want to do that's number one number two an amazing music festival that was on randall's island called the you know um, bruce springsteen's guitar player little Steven, he was on mm-hmm. sopranos he made sirius which is an amazing like little stephen i have undying respect for one of my favorite people in music because he really saved rock and roll for a long time he still is doing it mm. but he background made,
2: vocals on santa claus is coming to town yeah yeah, but <laughs> also what, like,
3: oh, 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 oh. <laughs> but if you have Sirius XM, like his his radio station, um, well, under,
1: Underground, Underground Garage used to be on it like Sunday nights at ten o'clock on mm-hmm. ninety eight point five NCX all the time. Oh, great, that's awesome. Like, but
3: anyway, he had an Underground Garage festival, and um, that was like I don't know two thousand four or something like that. But it was the best lineup I've ever seen, just like forty bands, and all of them were great. And uh, Bruce Springsteen showed up. I was backstage. I had a backstage passion. I, I, I. Met Bruce Springsteen. That did you day. show him
1: the senior picture? <laughs> senior picture. Did <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I didn't want him to call security. <laughs> but, uh, but like I, I used to dream that I would meet Bruce Springsteen, and even my girlfriend would dream that I would meet Bruce Springsteen. Like it was a big thing, and I finally met him, and I was like, thank goodness, sake, I can just forget that for the rest of my life. But yeah, I met Bruce, but I also saw Bruce, which is hard to do. Is um, Iggy Pop? Um, he performed with the oh, Stooges wow. that yeah, day, yeah. and just. First time I've seen him live, and I've seen him probably like 12 times since, but the best. The best live performer I I will ever see. Um, And the last greatest show I ever saw was um, a band from Austin, Texas that I like, through some friends of mine, they sent me their demo, and I said, this is one of the greatest bands I've ever heard, and it's like the only, like significant band that i had an impact in signing and they played at this little bar it was probably about this big and every a&r person in new york was in this room and they just slayed it was like the greatest show i've ever seen and they're called the sword oh my god i love the sword
2: yeah that's so funny that you say that it's one of my favorite bands that i listen to and no one knows about them like they're fantastic
3: so we got a lot to talk about because like I and helped, you and you signed them. Well, I, I got them. I helped them get signed to their label. Like I didn't. My label wasn't big enough. Oh gosh,
2: yeah. There's some great songs. Freya. Uh, I mean, oh my god. There, are, yeah.
3: So, much, uh, so, so good stuff.
2: Um, <laughs> man, yeah. We're yeah. We got to talk more. But um. So that's my answer. Okay. Three part answer. Number five, most overrated musician of all time.
3: <laughs> I don't know if I can answer. This. <laughs> <laughs> like what I said about like I don't disparage. You know like. Yeah. No one's overrated, one. you know? Like, if, they, if they're if they famous, like, good for them, man. Um, well, I think we'll call it quits. Maybe I can say yeah.
1: underrated. M- Milli Vanilli, possibly? <laughs> yeah, can we all sing <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. no, again? Vanilli? I,
0: I mean, hey, that's amazing. You we're can blame it on dancers. the rain if
1: you
2: want to. But. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, oh, my God. It, this has been a lot of fun. I feel like uh, we're probably going to have four more hours of discussion after this. But, uh, yeah, what a great... You yeah, what a great show. Um, Abe, thanks for coming to Cutting Weight Cabin. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Great no, stories.
1: You. You. Glad to, glad you could come and share some poutine and stories and pretzels. <laughs> I think it's yeah. poutine. Did I, I say poutine? It. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Protein, whatever. Poutine,
0: You're getting it confused. Putin.
1: It's poutine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, thank you for coming. Uh, this has been fantastic. And, uh, yeah. Uh, well, Shane? Yeah, play it out. Get this out record it